and welcome to I Read a Book Once. My name is Emma, and this is a podcast where I talk about books. Today, I'm going to be talking about Fractures by Alice Reads, which is the second book in the series that I was talking about last week, which, okay, that doesn't make any sense. So this is a duology, which means there's it's a two-book series. So the first book was Echoes, and the second book is Fractures. So, if you did not listen to my Echoes episode last week, you're going to be very confused. So, you need to stop here, go listen to it or read the book, and then come back and listen to this episode. I'm going to give like a very quick synopsis of what happened in the first book at the beginning of this, but it would just make more sense for you to listen to that episode. And I honestly, I had a really bad headache when I recorded that one, but I think it turned out really well. I'm like very happy with it. So I feel like it's definitely worth a listen, definitely worth your time. And so you should go check it out. And also, I would just like to say, this is one of the best YA thriller series, books, whatever that I've ever read. I very much enjoyed both of these books. I think the first book's better than the second book, but I feel like that's typically how series go. You know, that first book, it really just like knocks you, knocks you over like, wow. And then the second book, you're like, this was good but it was no first book. But the second book was good. I had a great time reading it and I would definitely recommend the series. And so like, I mean, if you've listened to the last episode in this and you listen through this one, it's obviously going to be spoiled. So here's my spoiler alert. I'm going to spoil this book. If you don't want Fractures by Alice Reads to be spoiled, stop here, go read the book, which I do recommend, and then come back and listen. So anyway, so I would totally recommend this, especially like if you're in high school or early college age, I think it would it's really enjoyable and I'm out of college now and I still really enjoyed it a lot. The two main characters are 17 and so, I mean, they're teenagers, but I, I don't know. I didn't feel as though I was being constrained into reading something that only like younger people would like, if that makes sense, even though I am a younger person in general, whatever. Trigger warning. Again, I'm not going to be going into this. Last episode, I talked about how there was a trigger warning for uh, child abuse. And this time, if you listen to that, then you know that Fiona's father abused her and it was like inferred, no, infant. You could infer that there was physical abuse. And then in this book, she confirms that there was. And then Miles' dad, very neglectful and mean and whatever. And so... um, that's your trigger warning for if you were to read the book. Again, I'll probably mention those things, but I'm not going to go in depth or discuss them. So you should probably be okay to listen to this. Anyways, let's get started with the plot summary. Who knows how this is going to go? So first thing I need to say is the entire first book was told from Fiona's point of view, and the entire second book is told from Miles's point of view, which I did not know when I like got the book and picked it up. It was very like, oh, okay, guess I'm in Miles's head now. And so keep that in mind as I say this plot summary. Okay, so the book starts up with them. They've been right. Oh, I guess I need to say what happened at the in the first book. So in the first book, Miles and Fiona are living in these two timelines. One's in Berlin where they think they are going for an internship with Briola or Briola Biotech, but the company doesn't exist and they're being followed and their credit cards have been canceled and their passports were stolen and they don't know what to do. And in the other timeline, they've crashed on a deserted island, except their plane never flew, so they were put there, and there's a bear that turns out it's part of their imagination, and there's dead people, and someone comes to kill them, and all this different stuff. So, ooh, 
yikes. And then they get rescued by Joe, this homeless man who's actually a former FBI agent. And then they're on this boat, but it turns out Briola owns the boat. So then they think they're escaping with an FBI agent who's actually just a Briola agent. So now they're on this new boat and they think they're going to America, to California, to start over new lives and witness protection program as Kelly and Oscar. Turns out they're actually brought to Poland. And in Poland, they are brought to this villa that Briola owns. And so they've been played again. And they're brought in there and they're told that Fiona and Miles are not real. Everybody there pretends like their names are Kelly and Oscar and acts as if they've lived there their whole lives and they like left for their trial or yeah, their trial and that the trial was actually Miles and Fiona and that Kelly and Oscar are the real ones, which they're so confused about. They don't know this Kelly and Oscar. They don't know anything. And so they're like, there's no way, there's no way. And then they're brought into a room by Leon, who, if you remember, is Miles's older brother, who he thought was dead, but actually is not dead and actually is a Briola agent as well. And they're shown these videos of their parents and their friends and whoever, like, saying, like, Fiona Wolf and Miles Echo, which, again, their last names are so dumb. And they're like, do you know these people? Like, no, we don't know them. Like, they show them pictures. I've never seen this person before. I don't know who they are. And the parents are saying that their last names are whatever the fake last names they came up with. Uh, Like, whatever Kelly and Oscar's last names are. I don't remember. And the parents are like, they're also shown videos of the parents being interviewed about selling them. And they're like, yeah, we'll sell them or whatever. And so then they're like, oh my God, what's going on? And then... You know, I don't know if I mentioned this, but Fiona has a tattoo on her back and it's gone. So they're like, oh my God, like what's going on? And they get their blood drawn and they're asked all these questions by the doctor whose name I've now forgotten. I think his name either started with like a B or an L. I can't remember. Doctor whatever. And he's like, do you, have you ever been to Berlin? Like, do you know Polish? Do you know these other things? And they're like, no, no. What are you talking about? And then the other timeline, they wake up in the middle of the ocean on a freighter. So like a giant ship full of like cargo boxes or whatever those things are called. I don't know what those are called. And they're alone and Fiona all of a sudden knows things about guns. And they're like, what is happening? And Miles can read Polish. And they're like, where are we? Like, what is going on? And that's the second timeline in this book. So then they're there and there's like, they're investigating these different freighter boxes and they open one and there's a piece of paper that says papillon which means butterfly in French and they're like huh what is going on like blah 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 so then going back to the villa they are brought into oh they try to escape first of all Miles and Fiona try and run away that first night and the guards run after them and they literally literally shoot Miles in the arm and Miles is like you're not gonna like shoot us like you paid three million dollars combined for the two of us like there's no way blah 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 and then they shoot him and then like what so like maybe they will kill him we don't really know and so then they are allowed to like see the other people there's like other teenagers in the villa and so they go to breakfast or lunch or whatever the next day and they meet ivy and wakaba and if you remember I don't know if I said this, but Ivy is Joe's daughter who Joe was um, looking for because Briola stole her. So it comes to light. Well, I can't explain this now because then it would be a spoiler, but I'm already spoiling things. Okay, so it comes to light that Ivy was taken 
And then she's staying there. So Joe will like do whatever Briola wants, which explains the whole thing about him, like getting them off the island in the first place and getting them on a Briola boat. And then Wakaba's grandmother sold her to Briola. And uh, so she's there and being tested on as well. And so they're there and they're calling them Kelly and Oscar. And it's like super bizarre and everybody's acting really weird. And then as they leave, Ivy whispers in Miles's ear like, don't believe anything they tell you. Oh, and then I've just remembered this too. So then later that night, they're like, let's take out, do you remember, you know, they had that Miles's notebook with an entry about Berlin in his handwriting and Fiona had that Berlin key card, which means, which means I thought that they actually were in Berlin, but get this. They use the numbers on the back of Fiona's key card to correspond with words in Miles's journal entry. And then it comes out with like six different words or something like that. And it ends up saying like, nothing is all right. Believe, wait, believe nothing or something like that. Like basically the same thing. Like don't believe what they're telling you. And I'm like, whoa, that's mysterious. And Miles knows about this because him and Leon used to communicate that way. So I don't know. And I still don't know how they got those things now that I'm thinking about it. Anyway, so then they're like, oh my God, like we have to be, we got to investigate. So then they saw some people like go into a secret entrance. So they're like, let's go into the secret entrance. And they go down in there and they find this room that looks like the cave they lived at, at the um, island. And then there's like a mirror with, you can see like um, the ocean or something. They're like, wow, this looks just like the cave. And then they see Ivy and Wakaba down there and they're like, oh my God. And then they're like, yeah, so they were lying to you and they told us to lie about it. And they're like, huh, can we trust them? I think so. And then they're like, is there a way to get to the med bunker, the medical bunker place? And they're like, yeah, you can go this way and get there. So then Miles and Fiona are like, we got to go because we need to find out like what's in our files because every day they're brought to the doctor and he like interviews them and their files are super thick. So they go and they find it and they go in there and they're reading these files and they find like their real names, Miles and Fiona. So they find out that Kelly and Oscar are fake and they're for some reason trying to make them believe that they're Kelly and Oscar and not Miles and Fiona. And so they're reading through them and they find all this information about their different trials and also something called Project Eros and that the two of them are a 95% match. At the time, I like wasn't thinking about it, but Eros is like the god of love in Greek mythology. So like now it's planted in both of their minds. Like, are we only in love with each other because they manipulated our feelings? Because it was a 95% success rate between the two of them. And so it's like, huh, they did hate each other until they were on the island. So like, did that just manipulate them? So now they're feeling all insecure about their relationship. And then they keep reading and they find something relating to a Berlin trial, which they failed. And now it says freighter trial, which is ongoing during their sleep. So let's just pause here for one second. I'm gonna get back to this and say first read through of Echoes Emma is a genius because I thought that these things were happening when they were asleep. Was I clear on exactly what was going on? No, but oh my God, I'm a genius. The trials happen when they sleep. So we're going to get back to this during the discussion section so I can truly gloat about how smart I am and talk through all my other like things with that and how I got confused and whatnot. But let's keep going. So they see that and they're like, huh, what the heck? And then they're like, 
they can only be gone for 30 minutes at a time because if they don't appear on the security feed every 30 minutes, like they get suspicious. So like we got to go. And so they leave. But I don't remember somehow Leon like catches them. But Fiona runs away and like makes it but Miles doesn't. And so Leon is like, I'm actually on your side, blah, blah, blah. And Miles is like, I don't believe you. You tried to kill us. You have been really mean about everything. Like, there's no way you're actually on our side. Like, what the heck? And then, uh, so he escapes and he goes back to Fiona. Oh, and then Pamela finds him, who is their caretaker or whatever. And and he just says, like, he needs some medicine for his arm because he got shot, right? So anyways, then he doesn't tell Fiona about seeing... Leon. Now back to the freighter. They uh decide to go back inside and they're like investigating and there's this weird shadow noise thing that like keeps chasing them around and then pirates show up and leave a tiger on the um freighter and then they leave. And they're like, what the heck is going on here? Like, I don't even know. And then they're like inve- investigating some more. They get chased some more. The the pirates chase them down and try and shoot them and like Miles gets hurt and they're like, what is happening? And then back, the freighter plotline was actually pretty short overall. So now we're back to the main plotline and they're like, bruh, we got to figure out a plan. So they're talking to Ivy and Wakaba and they're like, okay, we've decided we're going to trust you. Let's figure out a plan to get out of here because Wakaba tells them that if they fail their second test, their second trial, then they'll be sold on the black market to who knows who and like who knows what will be done with them after that. And she's also on her second trial. So they're like, let's get out of here. Then Miles has another run in with his brother. I don't quite remember what happens. And then the two of them decide, Miles and Fiona decide that they need to somehow get on a computer. So they convince their like night guard. They like find out that from Wakaba or whatever that they think that he's having problems with his marriage so they convince him that Miles is really good with computers right so he's like I can hack into your wife's email and find out like what's going on if she's cheating on you and this man is like okay so he brings them down to the computer room and leaves them in there because you know he's gonna guard the door or whatever and it's like okay you guys have 30 minutes so Miles hacks into that email right away and then they log into Fiona's email and they go into her junk mail and they see she keeps getting the same email from somebody they open it up and it's like a string of random like letters, numbers, characters, whatever, and they decode it and it brings them to like this dark website and they like go in there and it's like a chat and somebody's chatting with them and the person calls Miles Panda and lo and behold, the only person who ever called Miles Panda was his mom. And so his mom's actually not dead and Fiona's real birth mother and not her stepmom who sold her to Briola is like with Miles' mom and they don't have enough time to talk to them and she's like tell your brother Papillon like that's a keyword or whatever and so then they're like they leave and they tell the guard that they need to go see Leon whose fake name is Brandon so they go there and they say the key like the um, code word to Leon and then he tells them everything that their moms are actually alive and working together to try and bring Briola down and that their mom was almost killed but then had to escape so that everybody thinks that she's actually dead which is why she couldn't contact them blah 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 and he's been undercover working there for the past couple years or whatever ever since they thought he was fake dead because I don't really understand how he got there but he's been working undercover and he sabotaged both of their um trials which was a note that was in their um their case notes in the doctor's place 
and that he sabotaged both of the trials to give them clues that something was not right. Okay. So that's like probably how they got the notebook and the key card and like the piece of paper that said Papillon and like the phone call probably Fiona got at the, in the Berlin trial and whatever, because it like, so the Berlin thing never happened. It was a trial that happened when they were sleeping, I guess. Anyways. So then he gives them a tablet and is like, you can only use it during the day, but you can video talk with our moms and like they can tell you stuff. So then they do that and it's like, oh my God, I can't believe you're alive, blah, blah, blah. And so then they're like, do you have a plan to get us out? And they're like, no, we've been working on it though. And it's like, okay, you guys have had like 10 years, like so long and you don't know how to get your children out of here, whatever. So then Miles and Fiona are like, we're coming up with our own plan. And Miles is like, I've got it. We're going to purposely fail our trial and they'll sell us on the dark web and you guys can buy us. So they're like, okay. So the way they need to do that is they need to kill themselves in the freighter trial and then they need to hack into um, the security or the they need to get access to a computer again and Miles needs to code something that gives them like a backdoor in so they know when they're being sold, right? So that they can buy them. So they try multiple times. They try to get the tiger to kill them on the freighter, but that doesn't work. So eventually they decide to jump off of it and into the ocean and that does end up working. Although you only know that because that later on they say that they fail the trial or whatever. Okay. And like the people, like them in the trial have also been like, I think this is fake, but what if it's not? Blah, blah, blah. And then the, when they're talking to the moms or they're, no, when they talk to Leon, Fiona finds out that Miles has been lying to her about him seeing his brother and his brother telling him things. And so they get into a fight and then they're like, what if Project Eros is like manipulating us? But then they end up making up and they're like, just kidding. We love each other and there's no way, blah, blah, blah. My feelings are real. You know how it'd be in books like this when that sort of stuff happens. And then... They get Ivy and Wakaba involved, but then they get caught being in the restricted area. And then Wakaba's taken away. And they're like, this was your last straw. We're going to sell you. Miles has to go break into the IT room again, into the server room, so he can code this stuff in. But he's afraid and he doesn't want to do it. And then Fiona, like, goads him by calling him a coward, which was low-key messed up because this entire book, we're in Miles' head and he's super insecure. And the whole thing about, like, his personality thing that they have written in his file that they share with him is that he's a coward that he's weak blah 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 and those are the same things his dad told him all the time and so but he ends up saying okay I'll do it and he brings Ivy and the two of them go to do it and he puts it in but then they get caught on their way out and he smashes the tablet so that they can't read it but they brought to the med bunker and Fiona's there too and turns out Gail who was the one that they thought died who was on this other ship is actually the head of Briola and she's like I'm doing oh and they're told at the beginning that they're doing these things for the military or whatever for the U.S. military but that's fake so Gail is doing these and having rich people who don't want to pay their taxes or who just want some mind-altering drug things she's like getting paid by them to do it and her whole thing is it doesn't really entirely make sense to me but she's doing these tests and she's like the reason why I wanted Miles and Brandon to be here is because I was supposed to marry your dad, but then he went and married your mom instead. So I had her killed and both of you brought here to torture you with my evil drug altering drugs, mind altering drugs, whatever. And I'm salty about it. And Fiona, your mom, 
I don't know. I guess her stepmom was actually her real mom's sister or something like that and was also jealous and then blackmailed her or something to get Fiona. I don't know. I don't really remember that part. It was kind of confusing, but whatever. And then she's like, they get some answers about like things like why them and like what the heck, like what was the point of these and like all this different stuff. And then they like beat up their guards and they're like running away and then all of a sudden a security alarm comes in and it turns out there has been a raid by the police in the security people in the international security like FBI people and they come in and they save everybody and you find that out by the epilogue starting and it being the beginning of it being like a newspaper entry that Miles is reading and then him and Fiona finally go on a date together and it's like Christmas time and it's super cute and they're in love and they're living with their moms in Switzerland also with Leon and that's how the book ends so I don't know how I did on that description but that's how it went and now let's get into it first of all we got to start with the fact that I'm a genius how did I know that it happened when they slept because if you remember in the last episode I was like postulating like what could have happened and I said when I first read this book the first time I thought it was that when they were sleeping they would switch between right and so then when I read it again like last week I was like I don't know if that's what it is. Maybe they were in Berlin, captured at the end of that, and then brought to the island. But it turns out the island was real, and Berlin happened when they were sleeping. And I think the reason I was able to figure out it was sleeping was based on kind of how the chaptering worked, and then also how the end of their trial when they were captured. Also, it ended in the middle of a um, chapter set on the island with that being in like italics, and it also happened that they never went to sleep again and they well it happened that it ended at the same time that their like um implants were taken out which was kind of how I figured like okay it's got to be sleeping but can we just say that I'm a genius because it was not clear that it was happening when they were sleeping and when I got to that part in the book I literally sat up from laying down on my bed and went I'm a genius which I feel like has to be the title of this if it's not I was thinking about titling this episode, I'm a genius. And I just felt so smart that I figured it out because like I said, like this made little sense, like not little sense in that when it all comes together, it doesn't make sense, but the, it keeps you guessing what the heck is going on and like what these trials are way. And the fact that I got it right, that it happened when they were sleeping makes me just feel really smart and very accomplished. So I don't know, but I felt really good about it. And I think it does make sense that this stuff would happen when they were sleeping because it was fake. And so, I don't know, whatever. But now we got to go into what, what did I call it last time? I think I said, okay, what the hell is going on part two? This was a section I had in the last episode where I was just like, I don't know what's happening. And this is part two. So first of all, the simulations make no sense. Like, what the point of them was. They're like, why did you put us on a freighter when neither of us know anything about like boats or the ocean or excuse me, like anything like that. And they were like, it wasn't about the, it wasn't about being on the ocean. It was whether or not you would pick up the skills that we're trying to make you learn. And you were just in an isolated place. I'm like, what skills were you trying to make them learn? Because Fiona all of a sudden now had information on guns but there was no guns there for her to like pick up and learn how to shoot so I don't know and was Miles just all of a sudden supposed to know Polish like 
And then I think what the failure was, was that when they woke up, they didn't really remember what had happened in their dreams, like, or during the simulations or whatever. They would, like, go to sleep, like, whatever would happen, they would wake up, they'd go see the doctor, and then he would say, like, have you ever been to Berlin? Have you been on a freighter? Do you know anything about guns? And they'd be like, no, what are you talking about? And they would sometimes have vague memories of both lives in both, right? But they didn't like, it wasn't clear enough for them to, for these things to be considered a success, which is I think why they failed them. But I don't really know. So I, it just doesn't make sense to me. Like, what was the point of the Berlin simulation? Were they just supposed to evade people from capturing them? Because if so, I mean, they didn't because the people kept finding them, but also the people knew where they were. So I just don't understand what the point was. And like, what was Gail doing? Like, why did she want to create these things? Was she going to sell them to the government? And so that when they put their soldiers to sleep, they could learn new skills and wake up and be better soldiers. Like, I don't know. She made very little sense but like also most of these trials were failures even though she'd been doing them for a long time I just don't know I gotta oh how do yawn okay and then I also wrote why and then I wrote what were they doing but I don't remember what that means like I just I mentioned like the um journal entry in the key card before and I'm just wondering like first of all how those got there since that was why the second time I read it I didn't think it was happening when it was sleeping because I was like how could they have these things and so it's like the entry was in Miles's handwriting so I just don't I I don't know like maybe he slept wrote but that doesn't make sense. And then how did Fiona get the key card? Like my thing is Leon must have planted those things but how did he do it? I don't know. There's still questions that are unanswered. And then, like, going along with that is this whole Project Eros thing, which was never explained. They didn't ask about it. Miles and Fiona just decided that, you know what? We don't believe in this. We don't believe that you've manipulated our feelings, which, good for them, because they were cute together, except for Fiona was, like, very problematic about, like, when she was trying to get Miles to do things, like calling him a coward, because Miles, like I said, was very insecure. That was like something that came through across the entire book was that how just how insecure he was. And it was messed up of her to call him a coward. Like there are other ways to motivate someone than picking on their insecurities to get them to do something. Like it was, I did not appreciate that. I did not like that she did that. I thought it was wrong of her. I thought there was different ways to motivate your boyfriend to do something to stop you guys from getting killed other than calling him a coward. Like, I don't know. I mean, Miles forgave her and whatever and like whatnot. But I was like, why? Why did you have to do it this way? This is just mean. But anyways, Project Eros is never explained. They don't ask Gail about it. They don't ask the doctor about it. And they were, so this is my theory about it, is that they, their feelings were not manipulated. So currently my mom and I have become addicted to Married at First Sight, which is this lifetime reality TV show where these people go to matchmakers and they answer thousands of questions and do in-depth interviews and they go into their homes and whatever, and they get matched with a stranger to get married at first sight. And then they film them for eight weeks. And then at the end of the eight weeks, they decide if they want to stay married or not. And it's so good. If you want to check it out, season nine is on Netflix, only season nine, or you could start watching the new season on um, Lifetime and it's looking like it's going to be really good. 
Um, there's some serious drama with this guy, Chris, getting his ex-fiance pregnant, and now he's married to somebody else, so I would definitely recommend checking this show out. Anyways, I think that Project Eros is like that, and that the, at the beginning of the first book, Fiona talks about how they had to do, like, insane amounts of personality tests and stuff like that, and my thought is that they matched Fiona and Miles together based on the results of all their different tests and things like that. And we're like, they would probably be super compatible and fall in love. And then they put them together and then they did fall in love, which is why they're 95% success. I'm thinking they're not 100% success because nothing very physical happened. That's just my thought. I could be wrong. I mean, there were some things that like, there were some issues they had, right? Which could be that 5%, but whatever. So my thought is that it's like a matchmaking situation. No, uh, manipulated feelings were involved in Project Eros. That's my thought. There was never any explanation, so that's what I'm thinking. If you've read either of these books, let me know what you think, but I really think it's a married at first sight matchmaking situation going on there. Let's see. Oh, okay, here's another question I had. How did they get those videos of their friends saying that they were not real people? Like, I get how they could get it from their parents. They're like, okay, so we're going to torture your children who you hate because you sold them to us. And we need you to pretend like they never existed and pretend like this is your last name. Like, I get that. But how did they get their friends to do it? My thought is that it was all fake, like, video simulation, which I don't know how that technology works. But, like, I feel like Briola would be able to make it happen considering the implants and all the other crazy stuff they were doing. Because when they looked at Fiona's email, she got emails from some of her friends that were just like, I can't believe you're gone. Like, i.e. dead, whatever. And, like, all this stuff. And so, like, it doesn't make sense that then they would be offered, like, I don't know, thousands of dollars to, like, film a video that was like, oh, Fiona? She never existed. Miles? Who was that? Like, whatever. Like, that doesn't make sense to me. I mean, it is possible they were bribed and given this money to say they're fake, but I think those videos were fake. But I don't really know. Very, it was very odd. Like, as I was reading this book, I was like, oh my god. I was like, Miles and Fiona are definitely real. But I was also like, maybe they're not. Maybe they're not real. And it's actually Kelly and Oscar. But then I was like, but then why would I read a whole book about Miles and Fiona if Kelly and Oscar are real? But I was also just like, what is happening? Lots and lots and lots of questions. Um, mom's being alive. <laughs> I, re- I watched this video one time by this booktuber I don't actually like that much. And I don't even know what her name is. But she was talking about like her book pet peeves or these favorite tropes. And one of them was like people coming back to life. Like if you die, if you die, just be dead. And, like, this happened not once but twice in this book with both Miles's brother and mother actually still being alive. And, like, obviously you're not going to guess that Miles's mom is alive because you're told that she's dead from the beginning of the first book or whatever. So I was like, what the heck? The mom has been alive this entire time. And, like, I'm not shocked that Fiona's mom is alive because it's never teased that she's dead. You know what I mean? It's just like, who is this lady who's Fiona's actual birth mother? You're like, what the heck? And I don't, I don't know how I feel about her being alive because it just feels kind of disingenuous because she was supposed to be dead, but now she's actually just alive. So forget all that emotional trouble that Miles went through or whatever. 
And then also the fact that they didn't have a legit plan to get their children out when they had years to test and they had this money and just all this different stuff. I was like, okay, so you're just going to keep telling your children who are being tortured, like, hey, just keep hanging on. We'll get you out eventually. No, Miles and Fiona got themselves out with the only help being Miles literally coded something to let you know to tell security to come because then they got what they needed, the evidence. So I'm like, screw you guys. Not really, but I'm just like, this was the best you guys could do. I think not. You should have done more. Um, also, very quickly, because we're coming up on the end of time here, is that uh, in the epilogue, it addresses Miles and Fiona both having PTSD and being super paranoid based on everything that happened to them. And I just found that to be like, I really enjoyed that. Not that they have PTSD, but that it just felt very real to me, like that description. Like, yeah, they went through all this different stuff. They're not just going to be magically fine. Like, they have to deal with those things. And then also writing style part two. If you remember in the last episode, if you listened to it, I talked a lot about the writing style of that first book. And now in this one, I thought it was better. There were still sentences ending in no question mark, which as you know, people who are American don't say that, but less of it. I also thought the swearing was better. I mentioned in the last episode that like the way you have your character swear is very important based on like the speech I heard one time. And the swearing just made more sense to me. It like felt actually how somebody might swear instead of just like weirdly randomly placed in there. And I don't remember what the other thing I, let's see. Um, yeah, the other thing was the last names, which they got new last names. They took their mom's last names at the end of the book. But anyways, so the writing style I thought was better, although I liked the storyline of the first book better if that makes sense. But overall, 10 out of 10 would recommend this series. Super fun. Kept me guessing like what was happening. I don't know, but I did know because I'm a genius. And <laughs> I make myself laugh. I crack myself up sometimes, but like I'm only funny if I'm not trying to be, which is a story for another day. So anyways, that's what I've got to say about fractures today. Ooh, that kind of rhymed. Anyways, let's see. Go follow my Instagram at I read a book once blog. You can DM me your thoughts about this episode, this book, or any this podcast in general. I'd love to hear them. I always want to hear from you guys. Uh, but yeah, go follow and like my Instagram post. You could also send me an email to tell me your thoughts at I read a book once blog at gmail.com. Also, make sure to uh, rate this podcast on Apple Podcasts if that's what you're listening on. The more ratings that I get, the more likely somebody is to just stumble upon my podcast. So I'd super appreciate it if you like and subscribe to my podcast on whatever platform that you listen on. And um, you can also check out my website that I have not updated since 2020. I read a book once blog.com. No promises I'll ever update it again, except maybe I will, but maybe I won't. I don't really know. So Next week, I'm going to be talking about You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. So we're really just on this YA train right now, lots of YA, but it is a story about a black girl in Indiana who is trying to, she's in high school, it's her senior year, she wants to go to this prestigious high, or prestigious college, but her scholarship falls through. And so if she wins prom queen, she will get a scholarship so she can go to college. And I will be reading this as the first of two books by Black authors that I'm reading for Black History Month. Now, I know what you're thinking. Emma, 
it's about to be the end of February and you're just now reading these books. Well, actually, listener, it's only February 7th on the day of recording this. And I just didn't plan ahead well enough. And if you've listened to other episodes, then you might know that I typically record two weeks in advance. So I was a bad planner and it became February and I thought, oh no, I have to go get these books, but I've already recorded things and I couldn't read them fast enough. And then this was a two-part series and it didn't make sense to me to split them up. But also maybe I'm going to just put these out in the same week. I don't really know, guys. Like, so an episode, the next episode that you hear will be, you should see me in a crown. However, when you heard this episode, like when that one comes out, when the next one, like, I don't know if I'm going to just release an extra episode this month. I think that's probably what's going to happen or I don't know. So just stay tuned. That's what the next episode will be about. And I'll catch you guys next time.